So welcome to the first episode of Thoughts with Peaches for 2022. So instead of doing a year in review episode or something like that, what I'm going to do is a things we need to leave in 2021 and not bring into 2022 a type of episode. So these are going to be some interesting topics and ideas and concepts that I think we should just let go of as we move forward with the year because there's a lot going on and a lot of things that need to be fixed and remedied within the world we live in and these are some things we just need to let go of just so we have more room to focus on more important things some of these are going to be a little bit more trivial than others some of them going to i'm going to dig a little bit deeper into some issues and it's based on different social commentary i've seen conversations i've had with people i know friends and families etc and the like but also just general things that irritate me so, please bear in mind, some of the subject matter may get a little heavy, but this is your warning. You already know if you watch this, uh, well, if, eh, not watch, listen to the show, that I do this with the best intention in mind to give a perspective that people appreciate and like to hear as the voice of a friend that has no filter. So, with that being said, let's jump right into it. All right, so one of the biggest things from conversations I've had with some of my friends in my social circle of things we are not going to bring into 2022 is the um, constant attraction or seeking out the attention of DL men. Now, obviously, this primarily applies to um, my LGBTQIA plus male attracted individuals. But this will wrap around to some other issues later on in the episode that I'm going to talk about. But we are doing ourselves a disservice, especially those of us who are fully out of the closet, living our best life, walking in our light and our truth, being involved with men that we can't fully share ourselves with or share with the world because of their own um, insecurities, life choices, shortcomings, or et cetera and so forth. Now, the phenomenon of DL men is primarily rooted in the internalized homophobia that these men have, but not seeing themselves as the traditional quote-unquote representation of what it means to be um, a same-gender-attracted man, whether you be gay, gay, bisexual, pansexual, I'm sorry, demisexual, etc. Um, and that's partially a fault to what's been represented represented and shown in media a lot of the times that men who fall into this category don't see uh, see themselves in any relatable form so they don't feel that they can attach themselves to said identity but this leads to a lot of things and a lot of collateral damage because you may be dealing with or messing with a guy but then you have a whole girlfriend or wife with a family and kids possibly that you're dragging into things that are too complicated for people to be involved in without their knowledge. You also leave yourself open to a lot of stigma and perception regarding your sexual habits, your sexual health, and your sexual behaviors that's not really healthy to you personally to have to keep up this charade, but also it's not fair to those people you're involved with that are pretty much um, accomplices to this secret lifestyle without them being known. Or those that do know is based on their insecurity of settling for what they can get and what's available to them rather than pushing the limit for who they are and what they are capable of as far as courtship and partnership finds themselves. Um, it's an inherent fear that lies with DL men about being exposed or having to face the facts of who they are, who they like, and who they want to be. 
and it holds them back. And while holding them back, it becomes a weight and a burden for anybody else who was involved with him. So with that being said, I vote that we leave Diamond out of 2022. Just moving forward, let everybody live their life and their truth without having to burden them with our own um, baggage and bullshit to make them feel like they have to hide or be less than who they really are. Another thing we want to leave out of 2022 and the future in general is called the pressure of productivity. Um, it's called the grind culture, the hustle, hustle mentality. The fact that people always feel they need to be doing something. And I am a big um, culprit of this because I always feel like I need to be busy. I've just recently started to pull myself back and give myself a little bit more grace with these type of things. But it leads to a lot of the burnout and a lot of the suffering we feel in society because we always feel like we need to be on, we need to be doing something, we need to have a project or something we're working on to feel like we're committing <clears throat> um, our proper diligence into life. And that's not necessarily true because part of the process is taking care of ourselves and being there for ourselves. And sometimes that means not doing a damn thing. Sitting down, taking a breath, reading a book, not doing work, not taking our personal time and doing things for our jobs, um, not answering the phone outside of your work hours for work-related things, telling people no to doing extra and above and beyond when you don't want to do it or you don't have time to do it or you don't have the energy to do it, being able to um, rest and being okay with resting, being able to sit and just be. Because <clears throat> the pressure of productivity is complicated because yes we all want to be productive we all want to have goals and things we want to achieve but it's just like any other machine that you keep running if you keep running it too long it's going to burn out it's going to have issues because it never has time to rest recalibrate get maintenance get servicing get taken care of okay now this one's gonna sound a little a little spiteful but just roll with me for a second we need to leave over socializing with people we do not value out of 20 22 and moving forward as well and what i mean by i'm not saying become antisocial, but understand that seasonal people or fair weather friends are not really worth the value that they bring to the table because in the long term of everything what is really the benefit of keeping those people around other than whatever they temporarily bring in that moment thinking long term about your future and your goals and things you want out of life Try to focus on the people that bring something positive into your space, into your circle, that share an energy with you that helps you move forward and do bigger and better things, and they'll be there to enjoy them with you. Um, when someone doesn't bring value to life, it's kind of like they're just there so you don't have to be alone, which obviously no one wants to be alone. Loneliness is a really big thing in a lot of people's lives, but it's like almost like getting a quick fix from cheap drugs. You're going to have to keep going back for more and more and more to keep that same feeling. And it's not productive and it's not healthy. And obviously, I said we do need to take a rest from the um, desire to constantly be productive. But in some elements, especially when it comes to our friendships and relationships and stuff like that, we need to be productive in how we handle those connections because those can have such a great influence over our life. And I mean great by both good and by profound <clears throat> that if we surround ourselves with people who bring us a greater value enough, we will see we're capable of achieving so much more and doing so much more. And we are motivated to do more rather than people who are constantly in and out or we have conversations with them that don't move past that moment of that conversation, that don't um, engage us 
or get us talking or thinking beyond what we're talking about in that moment. Think life-changing type stuff. So keep people that don't bring a pronounced value to your life to a minimum as we go in moving forward because we always need to be working towards being the best possible versions of ourselves. Okay, this one is specifically addressing the comments from um, the newly elected mayor of New York City and his um, poor word choice when talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, retail, hospitality, and restaurant employees, calling them undereducated and um, yeah, unskilled. And though the sentiment of his commentary was quote-unquote genuine, his word choice left a nasty taste in a lot of people's mouths. And this is something that a lot of people have mentioned that I've wanted to talk about for a very long time. People don't realize that the skills that are required to work in retail, restaurant, hospitality are not just the surface-level basic stuff you see from a waiter or waitress taking orders and things like that. Those are interpersonal skills that people need to work on when they're in those environments as far as... um being able to read a room, understanding people, time management, and stuff like that. These are all important skills that go into these workplaces that people don't notice. It's not just folding sweaters and writing down orders and delivering food. There's so much more intricacy into it as far as the little tiny nuts and bolts and bits and pieces. But also, a lot of these people that do these jobs are very, very intelligent people doing this job to pay for an education or to supplement a career in another path. So they're not undereducated or low skilled. It's just there's a different set of skills that are required for these positions that they use. And just because someone chooses not to do it or someone sees the service industry, which is a disgusting mentality to have, but you see the service industry is less than because we are providing service and can't needs other people, you need to adjust your mentality a little bit. Because, for example, I am a career restaurant manager. I know how to bartend. I know how to serve. I know how to cook on occasion. I know how to host. And in seeing all these positions, there's different intricacies as far as who is capable of doing what position or not. And I can guarantee you the majority of these people having these conversations, calling people of this nature, low-skilled, undereducated, or whatever, could not survive a day, much less a week in these positions, because they do require a different set of skills or a different application of knowledge than people are used to. And you can't really speak on it till you've experienced it. And even if you have experienced it, you need to make sure that you are mindful when you open your mouth and discuss it. Now, this specific topic is a sister topic to the um, pressure of productivity situation. People need to stop avoiding taking time for themselves and doing it for themselves. Because <clears throat> sometimes people feel like taking a moment for self-love and self-care is a bit selfish or they don't have time for it. There needs to be this elaborate, drawn-out process of bubble baths and soft music. Sometimes it's just reading a page out of a book. Sometimes it's sitting down having a cup of tea. Sometimes it's just watching the news or watching a movie by yourself in the peace and quiet and turning your phone off. But so many of us avoid these things so they feel like we're missing out on something. People have that whole FOMO mentality that if they're not out and about with a whole bunch of other people being social and carrying on that they're missing out on life. But you have to understand something. You can't feed people from an empty tank. So you do need to take the time out for yourself and give yourself some time and learn about yourself, love on yourself, care for yourself. That can be anything from having a cup of tea to pleasuring yourself in the bedroom by yourself because sometimes you need to do that to learn and explore yourself. But all of these things 
are things we don't need to avoid doing. We need to make time doing them for ourselves because it will make us better people. We'll know ourselves better. We'll be able to engage with people better because we know where we are, what we like. We can decompress a little bit so we're less focused or we have less of a need for other people to give us comfort because we know how to do that of ourselves. And not everybody's going to want to do face masks and foot rubs and bubble baths and bath bombs, but find something that you find peace in and let that be your moment. Okay, this one's a little bit more complicated, so this may take a little bit longer to get through. We need to stop the oppression of men in our society. And before anybody jumps on my throat and say, men aren't oppressed, hear me out. So my best friend, Dominic, and I always talk about like social standings and things of that nature. He is much more of a naturalist in respect to gender roles and stuff like that because he understands there's inherent biological um, differences and in instincts between men and women that cause some of those and influence some of those behaviors. I'm more of an equalist in the sense that humans constantly defy their biology and their instincts all the time. So there's no reason for us not to be able to do it for the greater good of the world. But one of the things we have come to the conclusion of is one of the greatest ills in the world is the fact that men are conditioned to be heroes and villains and not be in touch with the deeper parts of themselves. You have to be a, a, you have to be strong and you have to repress your emotions and boys don't cry on other foolishness. And that leads to a lot of issues, specifically when it comes to um, interaction with other people, because men feel that they cannot be vulnerable. They can't have feelings. They can't show emotion. It makes us a sign of weakness or lesser thanness for a man to feel some kind of way or have any kind of feeling outside of anger, um, arousal, or general happiness. All Anything else seems to be soft. A man can't be vulnerable because he's supposed to be the projector and the grantor of strength and all, other, and all of that. But the whole thing is, sometimes men are victims. Sometimes men are weak. Sometimes men have issues they need to work through or things that are hurting them they need to address. And you can't sit there and tell them, as a human being, that they're not allowed to feel that. Or treat them lesser than because they have feelings. Oh, you're not a real man. You're a little bitch. Shut up. Shut up. Because guess what? If you hit somebody, they're going to hurt. If you cut somebody, they're going to bleed. The same applies. Women do not get more grace on their humanity than men do. They shouldn't. Because they are both human. There are different circumstances. Our lives occur in different parallels. But certain things should be inalienable. Especially when it comes to men. And men often receive the short end of the stick with this. But are held at a higher level of accountability for everything that men do that are inflicted on others. There should be equal standing. Men inflict pain on each other. Men inflict pain on women. Men inflict pain on men. Inflict pain on the children. Women. Men inflict pain on all kinds of people. But that pain is also reciprocated in men. So telling a man he's not allowed to feel, he's not allowed to cry, to just walk it off or suck it up, is a disservice to the greater good of humanity. Because if men were allowed to feel their feelings more, dig deep into those feelings more, develop a higher level of emotional maturity and expression, we would see society change and shift for the better. I guarantee it. But also, there needs to be a grace and understanding that the man is not lesser than, and women need to understand this because there was a thing about a woman 
quantifying her ideal relationship being I want to be a modern woman with an old school traditional man, but this a conflict of terms because a modern woman wants her independence, wants her say so, wants a discourse in a relationship. Whereas the traditional man she's asking for is a man who is in charge of everything, dictates what happens, and is the leader of the house. Those are conflicting terms because that traditional man is not given the grace to learn about himself, to explore himself, to develop an emotional depth. So he has not that deep of a well to pull from that a modern woman can really meet him with. But modern women also need to bear in mind that the modern man, a man that has a level of sensitivity and care and emotional depth and maturity about himself, is not a pussy or a simp. He's a man who knows who he is in its entirety. He should not have to hold or restrain something just for you to see him as a man. He is not less than because, yes, he knows his feelings. He has no problem expressing his feelings if something's bothering him. He says it. But you dismiss him because, oh, that's not a man. Why is that not a man? Why can a man not be in touch with his feelings or his emotions? Why, is, why does that seem like a sign of weakness for you? But you, as a woman, you're allowed to be. You're allowed to be emotional. You're allowed to have moments where you're not strong. Men should be allowed the same grace because then they can understand y'all better and the world better as a whole and make themselves more ingratiated into the general goings-on of the world without it seem like there's animosity or the sense of competition or this maliciousness or the misogyny and machismo that everybody complains about. But you're perpetuating that by telling men they have to stay in this little box they can't step out of it. This was going to be rather short and sweet because I harp about this on multiple episodes of mine, but I'm just going to keep this simple. We need to leave any bias regarding the LGBTQIA plus community in the past. Don't bring that shit into 2022. Gay people have existed since ancient times as high memorial, and I think I say this so often. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here. We're not bothering anybody about who we choose to love or be with. Let us be. We contribute to as long as we contribute to society positively and don't do any malicious harm to anybody, there's no reason for the hate or bigotry. I'm sorry. Now, this one is a double-sided issue. We need to get away from um, cyberbullying and stand culture, and they go hand-in-hand, hand because if you look at the Barbs, the Beehive, Rihanna Navy, Justin Bleeber's, um, the Swifties for Taylor Swift, etc., and so forth, even the Lambs for Mariah Carey and stuff like that, these two issues go hand in hand because some being a fan of a certain celebrity or athlete or whatever, what have you, should not be so much of your personality that it makes you behave hatefully. People have been harassed, doxxed, um, found on the internet, bullied mercilessly, showing up to people's jobs and getting their information for their personal home and phone number and stuff like that to harass them just because they had something to say that was different than your opinion on a particular celebrity that you like or that you adore. Your adulation for that celebrity should not be your personality. Especially so much so that you feel that it gives you warrant to be hateful towards another human being. To wish harm or malice towards another human being. And celebrities need to do better in telling the fans that this is not healthy. It's not. Your 
desire to be so adjacent to these celebrities that don't even know your government name. They barely know your usernames on Instagram, and they probably don't even follow you either. You can tell them happy birthday all you want, etc. and so forth. They're never really going to answer you because they don't have the time to see those messages because most of them don't manage their own social media pages. So why are you giving these people this much of your life, energy, and light? And then when someone else disagrees with you, you turn into a venomous cobra defending their honor as though you know this person personally. We need to understand that it is okay to admire, respect, and feel adulation towards a celebrity or a singer because of the impact their music or something they've done in the world or a character they've played and had in your life, but it shouldn't be your whole entire personality. That's weird. So, I know I did an episode about cancel culture, but I just want to reiterate this. Something we shouldn't bring into 2022 is cancel culture, and I feel like conceptually it doesn't need to be brought into 2022 as it stands right now the cancel culture terminology should be disregarded it should be called accountability culture because all we're asking people to do is stand and recognize when you've made a mistake and do better we're not trying to take everybody's job take food out of people's mouths and destroy people's lives at the end of the day we just want people to acknowledge when they've done something that is offensive or inappropriate and make sure we understand their measures being taken so it doesn't happen again if they choose to continue with said behavior then they face the consequences that come with that. But we shouldn't be running around saying people are canceled because of something, especially if it's not something they've done recently. If people, you're pulling tweets from like 10, 12, 13 years ago, you're, you have too much time on your hands. We need to judge people on the content of their character as it speaks now. Obviously, the rest of that shit's going to come to light sooner or later, but we shouldn't go digging for it. And finally... Things we need to leave in 2021, don't bring this into 2022, and I mean this with all of my deepest heart and intention and care for you all. Stop staying in places where you're not wanted. This goes for relationships, this goes for friendships, this goes for jobs, this even goes with dealing with your family. We all need to be in spaces where we can be our best selves, our true selves, and grow into the greater beings we are meant to be. We can't do that if we're staying in places that are hyper-repressive and suppressive to who we are as people. We need to be able to um, elevate ourselves and find where we belong in the world and let that be where we take up residency. Not just places where we think we have to be or where we've grown to be comfortable even though we hate it. Because then we lose out on a lot of life by doing that. You miss a lot of opportunities by just staying where it's comfortable even if you don't want to be there or they don't want you there. Um, We have to recognize that sometimes it does take a risk and a leap of faith in order to find the right places, but sometimes that is necessary. Because we never know in the middle of that leap, something may change for the good and the greater. Something may change for the worse. We don't know that until we take that leap. All right? When you think about it, think about it like this. If you like Oreos, eat Oreos. Don't eat graham crackers just because someone gave you graham crackers and you're trying to be polite. Fuck that. Don't be polite. Eat your fucking Oreos. Do what's best for you. Do what makes you happy. And if you that means some people don't come along with you or some people have questions, you can either answer the questions or you don't have to. But at the end of the day, 
It should be a matter of where is best suited for you. No matter what somebody gives you, no matter what somebody shows you, no matter what somebody offers you at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you and how you want to move through the world. So if someplace is not comfortable for you, if someplace is not right for you, you should not feel um, beholden to stay there for any reason. Whether there be a job, not sure the job market is kind of messy right now, but you, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. If you can leave and it's not going to fuck you up that much, great. If it is, you may want to talk to some people and figure out a plan because sometimes you need that extra little bit of assistance and support. But that doesn't mean you have to stay and suffer anywhere.